0: Okay, yep. Yeah, we're back for another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Steve Buchanan, Julian Edlow here. I'm not in a good mood, so I'm just starting off right, right off the bat. How did the Rams lose that game last week? We're not even 30 seconds into the pod. I need to get into this immediately. We need to talk about this because that killed almost every single teaser, parlay, happiness that I was going to have on a Sunday. If there was any bet that you were not going to be worried about this week, it was going to be the Rams. Going up against the Jets. Julian, I actually have all the odds of how this game played out and how the Jets went from massive underdogs to favorites back to underdogs. It was incredible. You want to talk about like how the election and all that was going on haywire? This was even more entertaining.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: don't start yet. Don't start yet. (laughs) The Jets closed plus 1,000 on the money line. The Rams minus 1,667 by the time we the jets were almost in at the half the rams were plus 290 on the money line it was an absolute atrocity this is the live lines that i'm talking about cuz you can always bet live on the draftkings sportsbook this was just such an absolute disaster that the jets were able to go up 13 nothing at one point and we're still underdogs plus 130 on the money line if you were betting that live like no faith in the rams excuse me and the jets to win this game but they still did you could tease them down to minus 11 and a half in teasers the rams just an absolute disaster go ahead
1: it was a disaster and it wasn't even uh, it wasn't even a game that i bet on um i and, did a lot <laughs> well okay let me continue it wasn't a game that i bet on before the game uh, Oh sure, sure, I was I was locked into Chiefs minus minus two and a half uh, in that late window. That's that's what I needed. That hit great. Uh, but then out of the corner of my eye, you know, <laughs> you see the way that Rams game goes. The Jets score first, seventeen 17 and a half point favorites. The Jets score first, and the line immediately goes to Rams minus six and a half. I was like, that's a that's a big overreaction. So yeah, or Rams minus six and a half. Yeah, so that's a big overreaction off a of one drive so i i play the rams minus six and a half um then as the game goes on things aren't looking great i go i don't know how i can get this money back i'll just bet the rams on the money line it's a pick them now what can go wrong um so i doubled down on the money line and i lost both obviously uh it was a, it was a decent NFL week. I, like, uh, we gave some yeah. props on here, like Derek Henry. We didn't even have the number. He went over his rushing prop. Jonathan Taylor, we didn't even have the number. He went over his rushing prop. Uh, the chiefs, we gave out several plays, the plays that I put on Twitter went seven and two, but I shared that I would be getting in live on the Rams and I lost pretty much all those winnings back on yeah. the Rams. So, um, that was an ugly one. That's one of those one a year clunkers like we saw last year week 17 miami wins in new england as a 17 and a half point dog takes new england's buy away um and kicks tom brady out the door in new england with a pick six in the wild card round to tennessee it was that kind of game um and now the rams have a it was clearly a look ahead spot for the rams because basically we have a game this weekend for the division that we're going to talk about later in seattle um which Seattle grinds out the win against Washington. Uh, and now they have the lead in the division that LA has
0: to win this game in Seattle, basically to, to win the division. And it's just amazing too. When the jets went up 20 to three, they were minus 400 on the money line. Like unbelievable that they were that deep life minus 400. When they went up to 20 to three, it was amazing. At the that jets was in the to that second point. half. Yes. Yep. It was unbelievable because the Jets, too, I was hearing that, like, they have continuously scored on their opening drive, like, for, I think it's, like, six straight weeks now or whatnot. Yeah, like, it's been seven. a thing for them. But they absolutely trashed their overall team total, which was set at 12 and a half. They did that before the half as, was even over.
1: As the Bengals did on Monday Night Football. Well, um yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, who had who had their their uh, Jets Bengals money line parlay? Though that's the ticket I'm waiting to see. I asked for it on Twitter. I haven't seen one yet. Um, man, what was I going to say? Oh, the Rams also scored the game winning touchdown and got it called back on holding.
0: Yep. Yes. Yes. I think it was Higby that scored that one too. Yep.
1: Was it? Was it, Yeah, I think
0: it was. Hey, it doesn't Higby. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it was matter. A Somebody either scored either a
1: way. touchdown. Didn't count. Cost you me. Know, a little bit of
0: cash you, you know what's great about twitter too somebody tweeted out that if you had a rams bengals money line parlay that it would have been worth 3.5 million and people were like oh my god really Tw- twitter is great if you want some free entertainment make sure to go on twitter okay just needed to get that out of the way I-, I i cannot believe how that transpired this is my therapy the podcast you know they allow us to do this so at least you know i can't talk to anybody else about this nobody cares so at least you can yeah. pretend like you care i Big do night care. tonight I know. Well, you know, that, you know, that's why we That's why we do this together. Big night tonight in the NBA. Last night, this is kind of like all the sports, though. So last night was opening night. Yeah, a couple games. Tonight's really opening night. And, you know, there's a lot to dive into here. a number of games that you can play on the DraftKings Sportsbook. But before we wanted to get to that, uh, we also, the DraftKings Sportsbook also released a lot of stats from last year. Just kind of talking about how the season went from a betting perspective. Just kind of wanted to get into this quickly. Don't want to hit on this too much, but... Looking at some of the stats from last year, the most bet teams in the league last year. Can you guess the top 2?
1: The most bet teams in the right. NBA last year. The the Lakers and the Bucks?
0: Close. Lakers and Celtics. Bucks were not even in the top 5. Lakers, Celtics, Heat, Nuggets and Clippers were the five most bet teams of the season last year. Most profitable. Top 4 teams most profitable. Any idea?
1: Okay. Miami. Yep.
0: That's number one. In there.
1: Denver probably has to be in there.
0: That's number two.
1: Um, t- 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 I got the top two. That's pretty good. I'm legit yeah. guessing these. I don't know these Steve looked them all up, told me not to look. I'm legit guessing them. So I'm going to, I'm going to retire on top with one and two.
0: Okay. So, sure. Yeah, I, you're doing great. You know, g- you know, get your toy at the bottom of, of the uh, of the window here. Heat, Nuggets, one and two. Suns, number three. Lakers mm-hmm. were number four. Suns, obviously, you oh, know, wow. a team that's... So
1: yeah, I mean, the Lakers were always big favorites and usually covered, so that, that makes sense. The Suns probably weren't even sniffing that until right. the 8 no bubble yeah. run.
0: Sure. <laughs> and that probably got it for them. And then looking at pr- player props, we love player props. The three most profitable players on props last year. Number one, Patrick Beverly was the most profitable player to bet on last year, followed by Marcus Smart and Steven Adams, the least profitable. I was shocked that this was number one, but maybe obviously you'll have more insight. of this. Ben Simmons was the least profitable player to bet on props last season. Um, Kadonic was also in there.
1: Go ahead. Maybe the only reason I can think of for Simmons is because maybe everybody piled on that prop that DK offered for if he would hit a three. Sure. Right. sure. Yeah. So uh, maybe a lot of people lost money on that.
0: So those were some of the stats from last year, just like kind of getting into that. just kind of a cool perspective to look into. But uh, Julian, like I mentioned, a ton of games to get into for tonight. Obviously, tonight is the big night in the NBA. I know there's a lot of ones that you wanted to get into. What are you kind of looking towards for tonight? Help people me make some of that green.
1: Well, first of all, I want to see how a developing story we record this on on Wednesday morning. So by the time yeah. it gets out, maybe we'll have some updates here. Um, James Harden obviously wants out of Houston. That's no right. Secret. Pretty big storyline. James Harden is now being investigated by the league for a video circulating um, of him at an adult entertainment club.
0: First time we've heard uh, of that.
1: Go ahead. It is no secret that James Harden enjoys uh, outings to these type of places, whether it be in Houston, where his Jersey is raved to the, raised to the rafters <laughs> um, on road trips, Miami, Atlanta, he, he enjoys these places. And now if this video that is circulating is proven to be recent, he, he's going to be out tonight again or on Wednesday against the thunder and potentially longer um because of the protocols that will come with it so uh that's a good way to force your way out of town if that proves true um player prop mar- so player prop markets was something i was going to loop to at the end but if harden is out now we have to start looking at john wall at demarcus cousins um eric gordon this is this is the bread and butter in NBA, the way that you really want to play things. Unexpected sure. injuries, unexpected it's, – it's a historically short off-season. So, right. the load management that's now becoming such a big thing in the NBA where this guy's fine, but we have a back-to-back. We're going to give him tonight off an hour and a half before tip, and then you look at his teammates' uh, player props. So, that's something that just timing-wise, Harden, obviously a huge name. that That caught my eye for tonight now. Um, but diving in diving into the games uh, my best bets article is up on the DK playbook there are a few spots that I like so f- the first one that I wrote up is uh, just dumpster diving right off the bat the Charlotte Hornets at the Cleveland Cavaliers Oof. awful, Two awful brutal teams. Two <laughs> um, who knows how I got here but I am here so the expectation is that Gordon Hayward, who broke something in his hand, was going to be out for this game. He now says that he's going to play through that that finger injury and and be okay. Um, so brave, you know, very brave. The Hornets, not a great team, but signing Hayward, they were they were twenty three and forty two last year. They signed Hayward. Um, they have a couple of encouraging young prospects, PJ Washington, miles bridges. We'll see what a kid like LaMelo ball can do, but if there's a team he's going to play well against it's a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers other side, you got Cleveland who went 19 and 46 last year. They lose Tristan Thompson in free agency to the Celtics. That's a key role piece for them. Kevin love who we were expecting to play originally in this game is ruled out. So there goes Cleveland's best player. And then just to pile on top of it, the Cavs aren't a deep team, but they're going to be without guys like Kevin Porter Jr., Matthew Delvedova, Dante Exum, all these guys ruled out. The Hornets are going to be the better team out of the gate, um, especially if Hayward is healthy, looking to prove himself. Like, he's a guy that can right. – it wouldn't surprise anybody if he had 25, 5, and 5 in this game. Um, and if he does that with no Kevin Love on the other side, the Hornets are going to win this game. So, it's, it's kind of a gross spot. It's not a spot that would yeah. jump out to many, I don't think, because it's such a bad game.
0: But I like the Hornets on, on opening night. And then you talk about that too, like the Hornets. Very rare that they were favored last season. They only favored six times last year. They went three and three against the spread. Only, and, uh, only away favorites once last season. They did cover in that game. And then you look at Cleveland last year, home underdogs, 14-13-2 against the spread. You know, like you mentioned, this is a gross game. Neither team is looking like they're going to be in contention at all. You're playing for a nice favorable pick for next year, so gross game on the surface, but obviously there's some value there because of the injuries that are piling up. Like you mentioned with Kevin Love, you know, it didn't take long for him to start, you know, being shelved. So we'll start with that that one there, not one you want to be, and not an overly exciting one. But you know, we're here to make money, and that and that's what we care about. That's why we're here. I know. I want. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, most of these, I would play small. Like I'm, I'm not going to put too much faith in, in the Hornets on, on opening night, but it's a spot that I, I like. So a, another spot that I'm kind of trusting here, the Washington wizards plus seven and a half at the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers are good. Uh, and they were a very good home team last year. Obviously fell apart a little bit, <laughs> hmm? not a good road team, but go ahead. <laughs> not a good road team, but this one's in Philly. Uh I like what they, I like what they did. They somehow got rid of the Al Horford contract. They now surround Simmons and Embiid with the type of players they need to be surrounded by, three and D guys, Danny Green, Seth Curry. This is how you win in the NBA. You knock down threes and you defend around your superstars. Um, So I, I think that they, they no doubt improved, but the wizards have the rep of being This awful team, especially since from what we saw in the bubble last year, but in the bubble, they were no Beal, no Bertans. They had nothing. It was impressive that they got to the bubble, really, uh, to have a sniff at a a playoff spot, even though they were the least likely team probably to make the postseason in the bubble. But you reset, you get healthy. Not only do you have Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans both back healthy. But you add Russell Westbrook to the mix, which John Wall wasn't there last year, and Russell Westbrook is an upgrade over John Wall, even had he been there. So Westbrook has a lot to prove. Uh, Beal has a lot to prove in a free agency year. Whether you know Washington's obviously desperate to get him back, but whether Beal wants to resign or not, he, he's playing to impress for for a max deal. Uh, And, and there's decent pieces around him. You get Thomas Bryant, Robin Lopez. They have bodies that can be thrown at Embiid, which not every team has not saying Washington's going to win this game, but I think that, uh, you know, the narrative on the wizards is that they're just this bottom of the barrel team because of what they were last year, but Westbrook and Beal, that that's going to keep you in games. I think seven and a half is a lot of points. I think they can at least make this a game.
0: And then, you know, going back to last year, you know, Philly, for as good as they were at home, 29 and 2 overall, 16, 10 and 2 against the spread as home favorites. So it's not like, you know, that their against the spread was as impressive as their win loss record at home. But Washington, 13, 14 and 2 against the spread as road underdogs. Obviously, not a great number, but for the value it's you're probably gonna, getting on I, I this I would line, throw those
1: numbers out the window, given,
0: you know, sure, with the, for Washington. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I can't disagree with that. But the value you're getting here, a plus seven and a half. Definitely have to take a look at it.
1: So this one's moved a lot. I I grabbed it at two and a half. I wrote it up in best bets at three and a half. It's now four and a half. Um, I, I'm I, I'm I'm a Celtics guy. There's no no secret there. Uh, but we're going against them early and often. I think this season. Um, they're they're going to be without Kemba Walker obviously for roughly a month. So uh, Gordon Hayward going to Charlotte, I think those two things combine really leaves them thin in a way that people are overlooking. And you do add Tristan Thompson up front, which is helpful. Now you have that big man rotation with, with Tice and Robert Williams is looking, looking to improve, but uh, those bigs can only take you so far. Those are complementary pieces. Those are role pieces. You look at, you look at what this team has left like, they needed Kemba in the postseason and, and Marcus Smart stepping into that starting role and playing 40, 42, 44 minutes apiece because Hayward wasn't there to come off the bench when he was, when he was injured. If you take Hayward and Kemba off, yep. now you have Smart, Tatum, and Brown either playing 44, 45 minutes, which they're not going to do because it's, it's not the postseason they, like they were doing in the bubble. They need to get some rest. And that that other starter that goes in there, that other wing starter, it's Ben Javante Green in in preseason. Um, it, it could be semi-Augelet, like whoever the name is, it's it's not a very good player. And then you go to the guys behind, and it's the lottery pick, Aaron Nesmith, who still needs a lot of work. It's Peyton Pritchard, it's Carson Edwards. it's not good players. This team is not deep. Then you have Milwaukee, lost a little bit of depth, got, but got better overall, adding Drew Holiday. Um, I don't think you can argue with that. And Milwaukee is still, you know, they didn't get Bogdanovich, which, which hurts a little bit. But this is a deep team. This is a team that, although it may pace itself more in the regular season so that it finds the postseason success that it wants, this has been a very successful regular season team in in recent years so it's a combination of backing milwaukee and fading the celtics and i think there's a reason this line grows uh and anything under five i think i would take it for milwaukee
0: yeah and then you look at the celtics who were underdogs 24 times last season and they're already underdogs as the line is set right now in the first two games of the season and they were excellent in that spot as underdogs they have last year they have been excellent teams against the spread as underdogs going off the numbers from last year. 18-6 and six against spread as underdogs last year, covering by an average of seven points. It wasn't even close. They were underdogs. They excelled. And we'll talk about that game against the Nets later on, but just also something to think about too as well. But obviously, as you mentioned, how deep the Bucks are, this is probably going to be a tough one for them as well. Uh, I know another game you're interested in is Pistons-Timberwolves. Timberwolves minus five right now. Obviously a lot of changes for the Timberwolves coming into this season. Obviously they used that first overall pick Anthony Edwards. They added Ricky Rubio via trade during the sh- very short offseason here, but minus five favorites on this one. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah. We went dumpster diving with the first game. We're going dumpster diving <laughs> again to uh, finish off the Wednesday slate. Look, uh, I, so I wrote this one up and locked it in at four and a half. Obviously, we're getting some movement in the right direction. Uh, you can bet it at five. That's fine. I, do I want to back the Timberwolves? Not necessarily, uh, but Carl Anthony Towns has a great matchup here against Detroit, who has nobody that I see that can really, you know, keep him under control. D'Angelo Russell, who had been hurt in preseason is off the injury report and is a full go. So Minnesota is going to clearly have the two most talented players on the floor. Yep. We'll see what Anthony Edwards is, but he has an NBA body. Like he's ready to contribute right away from an athletic standpoint. He should be able to hang on the floor and, you know, show some flashes. Then Ricky Rubio. I, I like D'Angelo Russell playing off the ball and getting a veteran like Ricky Rubio to help a young team like this out a good defensive player. Very capable player of, of running the offense, distributing the shots between younger, immature players uh, on Minnesota. Uh, and he's been in Minnesota before. So he he's you know familiar there, which I like. So that's why I like Minnesota. This is more a fate of the Pistons. I think the Pistons are going to be yeah. absolutely awful this season. There's two win total unders that I bet. The Hawks, who are a hot team that everybody likes, got them at a good number. Um, and the Pistons are the other team that I bet to go under their win total. They traded Drummond uh, in the middle of last year to Cleveland. That allowed Christian Wood to open up as one of the, you know, popular young hot names in the NBA. He goes to Houston this offseason, which I think really hurts the Pistons. And the Pistons respond by signing a flurry of mediocre, mediocre, power forwards and centers that are going to do nothing for you. Uh, Like the opposite of what you want to win in the NBA. I like Jeremy Grant as a player. I think that's a good signing. Also get Plumlee from Denver. uh, Weird. Also get Jaleel Okafor. uh, Just guys that aren't going to help you. And uh, you know, they brought in plenty of rookies. They had a lot of some first round picks. That's great. They're not going to help you win right away. Killian Hayes, great DFS value for tonight, but not going to help you win games. That leaves you with Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin as kind of your two best players, which is great in 2012. But, you know, 10 surgeries later for both of them, this isn't necessarily a time that they're going to lead this team to victories. So I I like Minnesota here. I think that Detroit is going to be god-awful this
0: year. And let's not be scarred by what Minnesota was like against the spread last year. They were brutal they're one of the worst in the mm-hmm. league 3-13 and 1 as home favorites last year.
1: I'm clearly going against a lot of trends <laughs> <Lots> today. Trends. <laughs> except for the trend that the Charlotte Hornets were 1 and 0 as road favorites last year. We hit that trend 100%. <laughs> uh 23
0: 39 and 2 overall. That was the worst in the league for the Timberwolves. They were not a team to back last year, but The whole new season, whole clean slate, Ricky Rubio in the mix, Anthony Edwards in the mix. Hopefully we can reverse some of those numbers from last year, but 313 and one is home of favorites last year. That was absolutely brutal. Uh, Real quick, let's uh, hit on the Christmas slate. As I kind of mentioned earlier, you're already looking at that Nets-Celtics game. The Nets had opened minus one on the spread. It has moved to minus two as we record this Wednesday morning. Like I mentioned, the Celtics were unbelievable against the spread last year as underdogs going 18-6 and and covering by an average of 7 points, but we also the Nets are one of the teams that we've seen already. We already saw how well Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant gelled together last night. The 40 points that they scored in the first quarter was the most of any season opening game in franchise history, so a really nice start for the Nets. I would expect Julian, the Nets would be one of the hotter teams that uh, people are looking at to bet on this season, but you got you to lean on this one already.
1: I've had this spot circled since Friday. I've been trying to bet the Nets on Christmas against the Celtics since Friday. It's now Wednesday. <laughs> I think I'm going to be able to get the bet in today. Um, it did move a point after Brooklyn demolished Golden State last night, um, Tuesday night. I think that does speak to the Warriors being thin, being a new team, weird team, Curry gelling with guys like Wiseman, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, but – there's no denying how good the nets looked especially on the defensive side of the ball I think was the more impressive thing because we know guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie can score how deep first of all Durant looked fantastic coming back from the Achilles for the first time in a year and a half Kyrie looked fantastic coming back from whatever injury he was probably faking last year (laughs) and all the drama that he throws out there he looked great
0: um and real quick too I just want to add in? obviously there was no minute restriction for Durant last night either so I think that kind of is important of how healthy they do think he is in his conditioning and all that because this was obviously we you know we saw LeBron James was going to be on a minute limit to open up the season kind of keep him fresh but they just kind of unleashed the chains on Durant last night I mean
1: he should be good to go it's it's we're about a year and a half from the Achilles tear he's had plenty of time the way the schedule worked out to to get back. And he looked fully back in that game. So the way that he looked plays a huge role. Uh, and then the the depth of this team, Karis Levert comes off the bench. Yeah. He led that team. Obviously there was some, he leads the second unit. He puts up huge numbers with the second unit. Dinwiddie starting Deandre Jordan, Joe Harris, three and D guy, uh, Jared Allen, that team is so deep. Uh, and I, I've expressed how I think the Celtics are extremely thin right now. My favorite play of the week on the NBA oh, side, the college side, the NFL side, ev- oh, anything, um, is the Brooklyn Nets. To I, I kind of like the money line, but I think they're going to destroy in this game. So I, I just don't like losing the value on this point. But Nets minus two Christmas Day against the Celtics is my, my single favorite play of the week. We saw these two teams play on Friday, like I said, in preseason in Boston. The Nets won the first quarter. The the starters basically played the first and third quarters. The Nets won the first quarter by 12, and the third quarter by 14 or 16. I forget. Um, Either way, they dominated that game, and I I don't see why that's going to change. The the Nets absolutely rolled the other night. I expect the Celtics to not look good uh, against Milwaukee, So by the time this one rolls around on Christmas, I could see three, four, four and a half this game getting to. So I most certainly want to get it early.
0: Yeah. So grabbing that early, obviously there'll be reactions uh, as the, as the day goes on and whatnot. But like you said, this, this line has moved already after opening at minus one, anything else you want to do to close out NBA before we head over to the NFL.
1: I'm going to loop back to Wednesday night for one more NBA spot. And of course, you know, follow along on Twitter Wow. player props, breaking news, That that's where the strongest plays come from. But yep. I, I am liking the Pelicans more and more uh, against the Raptors. You have to remember this is a home game for the Raptors. That means it's being played in Tampa, uh, <laughs> the home of the uh, Tampa Bay Raptors. So I, the narrative maybe is that New Orleans doesn't necessarily care as much after shipping Drew Holiday to – Milwaukee, but how can you turn down that hall of draft picks to kind of get guys to go with with the right. Zion, build for your future? This team's still good. This team still has good defensive players. Eric Bledsoe, um, they got yep. Steven Adams, which is kind of flying under the radar, and Lonzo Ball. Ingram is the most improved player in the NBA, and then I think Zion's just going to take a huge leap this season if he can stay out there healthy, unrestricted, and the Raptors lost some pieces. Uh, they lost Ibaka, most notably, yep. to the Clippers. We saw both of them, actually, last night in that L.A. game, and Gasol. So uh, Toronto, I think, is going to lose a step defensively. New Orleans is going to get better defensively. New Orleans just has more, more overall talent. And New Orleans is a bigger team. Toronto a smaller team now. I, I think I'm liking the Pelicans plus four. Um, and even on the money line against Toronto in what is a neutral court game, really.
0: And there's one thing you can actually do too on the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can bet on the over-under for a team's winning percentage. The Pelicans are set at 48 and a half, which would be about a 70% bump from last year when they were at 41 and a half as they went 30 and 42. Any quick thoughts on that one? I mean, uh,
1: the win percentage ones are – I'm going lighter on NBA futures, like I said. I'm I, Sure. So I, th- I think the Pelicans will be better than uh, – than expected. Um, we're talking about the Pelicans, right? Yep. Okay. Just making sure. The Pel- I think the Pelicans are going to be better than uh, help. expected. I've confused them with the Pistons for a second because the Pistons are one of the teams that I bet under. So the only two things, honestly, NBA Future wise, that I bet are I don't necessarily like the number on DK for the Hawks right now because I think they will be improved. Yep. I have them under 37 and a half wins, which means 38 and 34 is what beats you. Uh, versus around 35 wins beats you right now on the number of DK. I, but I do like Detroit under my lean on the Pelicans would be over. I think they're going to be better than people expect. And the loss of holiday gets you a better number, but I'm not going crazy with the, the NBA futures. I will say after last night, I don't even, I don't, it's, it's such an overreaction. It's very square. Um, but that's kind of what I needed to see from the nets to say, okay, the talent is real. They should be better than Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Philly, Miami. They're more talented. So the Nets to win the East, if you wanted to just take a tiny little – if you liked them and wanted to take a tiny little sneak peek, how do things look? If Durant and Kyrie stay healthy, that's the best team in the East.
0: Moving over to the NFL, starting on Christmas Day on Friday, you have four straight days of games, starting with the Christmas Day game, Vikings and Saints. We have a uh, three-game slate on Saturday. All the games mostly on Sunday, and then the one game to close it out, Bills and Patriots. Who cares about that one? Obviously, it's an easy Bills win. Take a minus seven, take a minus 14. I don't care what you want to do. Just take the Bills. Um, Not crazy about this Vikings-Saints game. Drew Brees back in the mix, not what we expected for Alvin Kamara, although he did do uh, get that touchdown late, but not a great looking game for Drew Brees. Don't really feel comfortable taking either side in that one. So I think maybe that's just a day to enjoy your family, enjoy whatever you do on Christmas and just, just watch the game. It's probably going to be an entertaining game, but I I'm, not crazy about how that line is set. Saints minus seven on that one over under 51 and a half. Two really well really well set lines, quite frankly. So I'm probably just going to stay away from that one. If there's a game that I absolutely love, and this game has already had some drastic movement already, it's the Colts minus two against the Steelers. Once upon a time, the Steelers were two and a half point favorites yep. in this game. So we've seen some dramatic movement already. And I mean, we so.
1: certainly, certainly know why.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the Bengals were out for blood the other day. They were trying to take out every single member of that Steelers team, especially Juju Smith-Schuster, which might've put an end to his dancing on the opposing team's logo in the center of the field. I like taunting stuff. So like, that doesn't bother me too much. But I also like when people, you know, respond to it. So never want people to get hurt, but you (laughs) you kind of giggle a little bit, you know. (laughs) Let's go blast it. So the Colts now are favorite. In this game and when they've been favored this season you almost can't beat them five and one against the spread is road favorites this season covering by an average of just under seven points and you look at the Steelers this mega undefeated team coming into you know week 10 week 11 no one's going to take these guys down over the past three weeks this stellar defense it's now allowed an average of 25.3 points over the past three weeks. I feel like we don't look at it, the Colts as like this offensive juggernaut or anything, but they got a good offense, man. The rapport with Rivers and Hilton seems to be forming. Jonathan Taylor has really emerged since kind of given the uh, RB1 duties in this role over the past few weeks. Everything is clicking for Indy right now. Everything is crumbling for the Steelers right now. Uh, that's like one of the ones that I want to lock in immediately. Cause quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if this line kept moving in the Colts favor.
1: Uh, it might. It's it's. So this is like the square spot of the week now. And that doesn't matter. We just, it really doesn't matter. We just have to yeah. make sure it's the right side. Right. Uh, is Pittsburgh really spiraling out of control this terribly or are they going to get it together at some point before the playoffs which if they don't so pittsburgh after going 11 and 0 pittsburgh is yep. now 11 and 3 they have two games left and the look ahead line on week 17 against the browns is i think 3 or 4 in favor of the browns wow. so pittsburgh is now favored if you take if you just take the favorite in each game to go 11 and 5 and end the ge- end the season on a five game losing streak uh, is that really going to happen? Uh, I don't know. Um, we all thought that they were kind of the fraudulent 11 and 0 team, and they, they, I think, they've already proven that they they are, even if they, even if they finish the season 13 and 3, that's not all that, all that good.
0: Hopefully, you got that Chiefs number one seed, uh, bet locked in a couple of weeks ago. Plus
1: 140, that was easy money unless the Bills do something, uh, ridiculous. It really doesn't even matter. The Chiefs just need to people all over themselves and the chiefs don't lose games. The only game the chiefs have lost going back to their 2019 by was the Raiders game this year. Yep. Uh, whatever it is, 22 and one in their run or something like that. Um, so yeah, the chiefs just don't lose the, I think I like the Colts in this game. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bet Pittsburgh. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be trendy and, try and go the other way and take the value on Pittsburgh because it's shifted so much from the look ahead line because they do truly look awful, uh, particularly offensively. Part of That's that the was the, thing. the Bengals. The Bengals clearly got up for that game in a way that maybe the Colts, because there's not that rivalry there, uh, primetime Monday night football will. But it, it's a huge opportunity for Indy because Indy and... Tennessee are both going to be favored in week 17 playing yeah. relatively easier games. This is the week that probably decides that division Tennessee has it right now, but if Tennessee loses the Sunday night game at green Bay, right. A win for Indy puts them going into week 17 win and you win the division. Right. So this is a huge game. Uh, I, I do lean to Indy. I need to think about it a little bit more and make sure that Pittsburgh is not going to bounce back. But they are getting dinged up. The receivers aren't making plays. Roethlisberger looks horrible under pressure. Horrible. It's probably an indie spot. You're probably right.
0: It's, a, it's not even a question. What, what, what did you see last week that made you may, made me want to think about this? What have you seen over the past few weeks that maybe wants you to think about this? If there was a get-right game, it was that one. It was that one against the Bengals, going well against you know fifth string quarterback Ryan Finley. I've been why betting. You, what, I've been betting against me? them?
1: I, I took the, I took Washington against Pittsburgh um, for its first loss of the season. And then I took Buffalo against Pittsburgh, the Bengals. I did not take. I just sat back and watched, and uh, we'll see.
0: Can you imagine taking Joe Burrow number one overall when you have Ryan Finley? Absurd, absolutely absurd. I mean, I don't know why un- they would do that.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: And now they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence because he'll trade for it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, another one I, I like a lot too. Guess who it is? Who was I just so angry about? The Rams. Plus one and a half against Seahawks. Kind of like it. They opened at plus two and a half. Now it's down to one and a half. Rams are two and one against the spread as underdogs and they cover by an average of eight and a half points in those situations. The Seahawks have been an absolutely awful team against the spread as of late kind of like the chiefs chiefs have not been a good team against the spread lately either but Seattle has failed to cover in three of their last four games all of which they were favored in those games it's been a brutal stretch against the spread for the Steelers right now nobody wants to take the Rams especially after last week I don't really care about that but I just feel like this is such a good bounce-back spot for them. Seattle has a very minimal pass rush, which is obviously the put, you what know, turns Jared Goff into a puddle. He cannot handle pressure. He was pressured on seven dropbacks last week, Julian. He was averaging 1.5 yards per pass attempt on those dropbacks. Like, he just can't handle it. It's, it's kryptonite. You're not going to get much of that from the Seahawks. And then all the receivers that he has with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, Higby, everybody they're not going to face much resistance against that Seattle secondary. I think this is just such an excellent bounce back spot for the Rams. Absolutely love it.
1: Yeah. I like the idea. I don't care about any of the trends, how the Rams are as underdogs or how Seattle has been poor as the favorite lately, because it's a one and a half point spread. It's basically yep. a pick 'em game yep. for the division in Seattle. So I'm kind of throwing some of that stuff. That's out clear. the window. Uh, Seattle had one of these games against the Niners last year. It came down to the goal line. They uh, lost on the last play of the game. Man, I mean, both both of these teams, like, trying to figure out. I, I have Kansas City plus one fifteen on a ticket to win the AFC. Yeah, um, which I'm very confident in. Trying to figure out who's going to win the NFC. At one point, I really liked Seattle. At one point, I really liked the Rams. And then Seattle loses outright at home to the Giants. The Rams lose yep. outright at home to the Jets. Like these teams, the ceiling and floor on these two teams Massive. is about as high and low as you can get with anybody in, in the NFL. And then the door is also open for, you know, I think the Bucs have the potential to get there given how open the NFC is if you if you if you think the rams or seahawks have the potential then the bucks have to have the potential the two more stable teams probably have to be new orleans and green bay yeah
0: um, green bay then
1: uh, right I, I would probably lean to green it's bay be green I, I have bay. some yeah. i have some some very nice odds on on tampa from Right when the Brady news was coming yeah. out, that I am riding, but I might get in on some Green Bay mm. to win the NFC. The conference is pretty wild, so we're we're getting sidetracked here. I also have Seattle. I also have Seattle plus two sixty to win the division. So where I'm sitting, I'm gonna watch this game root for Seattle, and probably not bet on it. Um, I think I like Seattle in the game. Uh. Is what I'm going to say to win, to win the game. Okay. I don't necessarily know why. I think the defense has been, I think the defense has been better. I think they got some pressure on Washington last week, ended the game yep. with a few sacks. Um, now Dwayne Haskins decision-making has certainly been in question on and off the field this week. Right. Uh, so it's a different situation, but I, I think Seattle's defense will be good enough. I think Russell Wilson, Give me Russell Wilson over Golf, and uh, I'll go to Seattle.
0: All right, so I know that you are a fan, and this is in the Saturday slate of games now. I know you're a fan of the Cardinals. They're minus 230. You like them on the money line or the spread? No,
1: no, the spread. What are we at, five right now? Okay,
0: five against the 49ers. Yeah, I feel like that's just a layup. I mean, the 49ers, uh, now they're starting C.J. Bethard because Nick Mullins is out, Raheem Mostert's out both guys done for the season. I mean, that team just continues to just lose bodies at an unbelievable rate. So they got CJ Bethard starting against the Cardinals who finally kind of started to show some life again last week, minus five for the Cardinals. Yeah.
1: yeah. I locked this one at four. I think you can play it up. I would play it up to six and a half, honestly, like, yeah, the, the Niners got officially eliminated last week because the Cardinals won. And now the Cardinals need to keep winning to try and ensure a, a playoff spot. And they get the 49ers, who they beat earlier in the season, and the injuries just keep getting worse. But with, with San Francisco getting eliminated, you know, that you still want to try, of course, but you can start to shut guys down. There's no reason for most people to play. Right. A guy like Kittle, who had the potential to come back if this game mattered, won't come back Jimmy G no reason to bring him back so now we're now Nick Mullins is out we're down to CJ Beathard who I don't know maybe he is better than Nick Mullins who knows who cares but uh, it's just so down so many bodies and now officially eliminated I just think it has to be a down week whereas the Cardinals get a big win against the Eagles right and should keep pushing here so uh, yeah I think the the Cardinals anything up to six, six and a half, I think is a square but but strong play this week.
0: And uh Eagles, you're also a fan of on the money line, which is currently at minus one thirty-two going against the Cowboys in that afternoon window of the Sunday games. Minus two on the spread, if you're interested in that. Over under of 49 and a half, which when you think about it real quick, it's like, oh, that seems kind of high, but obviously the emergence of Jalen Hurts, how good he's been on the ground, not super act- accurate so far. I think he's had less than a 60% completion rate in his two starts so far. He hasn't been overly accurate throwing the ball, but this is a team that you can definitely throw the ball against. It's just, of course, his, you know, questionable receivers that he has, you know, Alshon Jeffrey has been almost a non-factor even when he's been on the field. Obviously the Zach Ertz has just been, you know, a shell of his former self. Dallas Goddard has really been the guy in this one. Jalen Rager is trying to get a little bit of rapport with, which would be nice because he's such a good downfield threat. But this is definitely a team that you can throw against. I don't love the play with the Eagles. This might be just a stay away spot for me. I might actually I, I might be interested in the over 49 and a half if I was going to take anything on this one. But you're on the Eagles minus 132 on the money line.
1: Yeah. I- so, I mean, Dallas is still alive. It's won two games in yeah. a row now uh, against the Bengals and then against the 49ers, both who aren't very good. Uh, I, I just think the way the Eagles are, are playing right now with Hurts, it's brought that team back to life and it has yeah. a chance at the division. Washington obviously has a lot in, in question right now, so – I think that if a team swoops in for the division, it, it has to, and the Giants as well have been kind of crumbling. So if a team swoops in for the division, I guess it's going to be the Eagles. This is just kind of the thing. They should have made this switch earlier. I had Jalen Hurts plus 11,000 to win rookie of the year. Oh my. Um, which if you just did this in week five or six, I would have been so much happier. For uh, Julian,
0: why couldn't you have done this? Go ahead.
1: So uh, anyway, back to the point, I I think the way Hertz is playing right now. Uh, they're going to have a shot in any yeah. game. I think Dallas has being a little overvalued because of the last couple of weeks here. Yeah. Philly's the side, they're playing better on both sides of the ball. And I think that the Hertz move has just re-energized them to the point that they are playing up to their potential uh,
0: in a lot of different ways. And if anything, and you know, it's kind of crazy to think about this, but, if Zeke Elliott is healthy in this one, I actually think it kind of hurts them more than it helps because Tony Pollard has definitely been the guy we saw. He just was a beast last week and getting a ton of touches over 40% of the team's touches last week, tough matchup for whoever is active in this one. If there's anything that the Eagles have been consistent with uh, this season, they have been good against the run. Their defensive line has been very good this year. That is definitely something that they'll have to try to overcome, but uh, they're a little bit weaker in the secondary, but like I mentioned, the Cowboys are the team you want to target against in this one because they are poor on the ground. They're poor through the air. So I'm not crazy about this one, but it's definitely one thing to consider as it gets a little bit closer to as well. I would like it more, actually, like I mentioned, if Elliot was active in this one because if they're trying to feed him the ball, this is not the matchup you want to do that against. So that would work in favor for the Eagles. Um, one thing that I do want to start doing on the show here. You and I have been having a lot of success with teasers. I feel like teasers need to be more mainstream because there's just so many opportunities to make money on these teasers while all you suckers like myself keep trying to do parlays and oh, it, it didn't work out again. Big surprise. Teasers are the way. I have, I have seen the light. I like teasers. Three best teams in the NFL with six-point teasers added. Dolphins, Bills, Titans. The three worst teams on a six-point teaser. 49ers, Giants, Jaguars. Seems kind of right. Two-team teasers that I'm on this week. Browns. Get them at minus three and a half. Chiefs. Get them minus four and a half. Browns, 11 and three with the six-point teasers. Chiefs, ten three and one. What's yours?
1: I might have just changed mine. Um (laughs) It was going to be a nice little holiday one uh, Friday and Saturday. I was going to go saints tease them from seven down to minus one and Tampa from nine and a half down to three and a half. But I honestly forgot to look all the way to Monday night and at the bills and Patriots. Let's just look. I think the bucks are going to beat the lions. You can use them in a money line parlay, maybe rather than lay the three and a half getting, getting through key numbers is a big part of this. And the Bucks look, I, I think that they're going to win by by more than three, but only getting them to three and a half leaves something open. We saw how bad they were in Atlanta last week. So I'm going to take the Saints on Christmas Day down to minus one. Revenge against a Minnesota team that beat them in the playoffs in New Orleans last year. Saints down to one, and then you got to wait it out all weekend all the way to Monday night. I know people like you hate this. They want their money. Be patient. Just take the winner. I Bill- want it today. Bills down to minus one. Saints and Bills are going to cruise, win those games. That is, uh, that is my teaser, and I'm changing it on the fly.
0: I'm going to take that, but I don't want to wait. It's <laughs> yep. a long time. And just real quick, if you're not sure how to build a teaser, because it's not overly obvious, but when you're on the DraftKings Sportsbook, you select those two spreads, change it to a parlay, and then a little button's going to pop up there little pink button that says teaser. You click on that, change it to football six points. You will see the new lines right below that. So with the Saints and the Bills minus one, you're getting it. Your odds are at 132.
1: I mean, six point is the classic teaser, but you will see a lot of options drop down. You DK Sportsbook allows you to reverse tease. If you love a line going the other way that you're very confident in, Um, if six and a half or seven is a key number for you to get through, like I mentioned getting Tampa to three and a half, if you make it a seven point teaser, it gets Tampa to two and a half and you get through that key number of three. Um, and then you have the sweetheart 10 point teasers, which you're going to want to use more than, uh, more than two teams in to get yourself better odds, but bumping something 10 is, uh, is quite a few points.
0: Also on the odds for mine that I gave Brown's minus three and a half. Uh, Chiefs minus four and a half it was even money when I first looked at this it has now moved to 112 so obviously people are listening in onto the podcast as we record somehow and are already jamming the money in on that one so you know maybe get on that sooner rather than later any closing thoughts for today before we wrap up this edition of the unreasonable odds podcast
1: Um, last week we gave some some NFL player props that did well we didn't this week but stay tuned I think We'll have some of those. Uh, We just got to look into the spots a little bit more and then follow along with the news for NBA. NBA is here. It's the first game of the season on Wednesday, so maybe not as many surprise inactives, but those are going to start to roll in in no time. This is the NBA. So follow along with us. We'll have a lot of player props, both NFL
0: and NBA. And, of course, you can always follow at DK Live on Twitter. That will be your source for news as it comes in, especially for NBA and active. So if you want to set some alerts on there, too, as well, you can get all the information for all the inactives as it happens and all the content that we put up on DraftKings.com slash playbook, Julian, myself, a number of other uh, talented writers putting up a ton of content for NBA, NFL, NHL, I don't know, college hoops, drone racing i don't know something's on there all this crazy stuff sure definitely go definitely go check that out too as well that's gonna wrap it up for this week i'm steve Buchanan. that is julian edlow we will see you next week